Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. What is going on? Good morning. Happy Thursday. Bill Ryder with you. As you just heard, I'm being redundant because we had the guy with the voice... He's humble, he's happy, he's doing cartwheels, he's hanging out with Pretty Daddy. Yeah, we are. And we got a phone number. He didn't tell you that. I will. 855-212-4CBS. Twitter, that wonderful website of human decency and kindness. Sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R, and... D-Cell's on there at D-Cell CBS, D-E-C-E-L-C-B-S. We have worked on him to change it to at Pretty Daddy, but he said that's for his, his private time, that we're pulling his nickname into the real world. I understand. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Bill. Happy Thursday to you. You are the executive producer of this program, and with that, you are charged with certain responsibilities and difficulties that you have to assume as part of your day-to-day life. And every year when the Super Bowl rolls around for those – ill-fated producers whose hosts are going to the Super Bowl, but they don't get to join them, right? So so when the beer, when the Budweiser flows, you'll be sitting in Jersey chilling. You still have to book a bunch of guests, which I'm sure is super fun. Uh, it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do from across the country. Uh, you're doing a hell of a job. How are we looking? Um, do we have Aaron Rodgers booked? Uh, waiting to hear back. Don't have okay. final confirmation just yet. Tom Brady co-hosting with us for at least a couple days. How's that looking? Yeah, I hear he's free now. He's got some time he that he's just sitting on the beach, uh, again, waiting on final confirmation, as uh, we like to say in the radio business, efforting. On, oh, I hate that term. On a lark, if you want to do it. Some people have, some people haven't. It, it varies. You could put a request in for Chris Paul if you with the Suns if, if, if you're feeling it. Who we got? Do you want to throw some names out there? Is it too early? Do you want to like? Do you want to give the people a, a sense of what's percolating? We can certainly give the people a sense of I'm what's excited. percolating. I'm looking at my handy-dandy notes that I have here. I even don't know if I've sent this to you yet in its entirety. Oh, snap. Here we go. Uh, Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen will join us. Ooh, I'm feeling that. Pro Football Hall of Famer Sean Alexander will join Wonderful. us. Wonderful. That's great. Former Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback Carson Palmer will join us. Love that. And Marshall Falk is confirmed to be joining us. Producers love it when hosts put the sort of per- booking stuff out there. What about? Are there any quarterbacks from any teams I might root for that were efforting? That could be possible. I have never efforted said quarterback who uh, we have not mentioned his name just yet. I have never efforted anything harder as an executive producer. Could rhyme with Russian reels. It could. I'm not sure. 
All right, excited about next. I'm excited about next week. You know what? I'm gonna have a king of beers for you. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be sitting in Phoenix, and I'm gonna have a king of beer. You know what we should? We should Skype. We should. You remember during the pandemic, people would Skype drink together because that's not super unhealthy on a bunch of. Hey, I can't see you, but let's get on a screen and drink together. Let's do that together. I want you to feel like you're part of the the experience. I think just like you coming to New York to hang out in our studios for three or four days, it's yeah. just gonna be a tease. It's gonna be harder. When you're gone and we can't Skype drink together. So busy little time for me because I'm going to Super Bowl next week and LeBron's going to break the record. But it turns out if LeBron doesn't break it in L.A. Tuesday against the Thunder or Thursday against the Bucks, And by the way, he will. <laughs> Everyone I've talked to in that Lakers organization thinks he 100% will. But let's say that he, you know, gets a little hurt, tweaks a hammy. Something could happen and it gets delayed after Super Bowl. I'll, I'll be, I might be flying to New York to do that coverage in studio and our CBS Sports HQ offices. I can see you again. And I've already decided, Bill, I'm going in for the hug. It's happening. You're hugging? Yes. Come on, LeBron. Put those points up, baby. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> All right. 855-212-4CBS. We'll get into a whole bunch of stuff. Alabama strikes back, baby. The Empire doesn't mess around. Remember last year when Nick Saban got all mad at Jimbo for cheating getting the recruits? Uh, Bama had a response, and it was a dominating recruiting class yesterday, National Signing Day. We'll we'll touch on that. The Nets got torched by the Boston Celtics. First quarter alone was a 30-point affair to the good for Boston. Uh, There's a couple things to unpack here. One is just enjoying, for me, the Kyrie Irving effect on the Brooklyn Nets, but it's also an insider, a, a, a real a real window into who Boston is and why they are the maybe the lone great team in the NBA. So we'll, we'll hit on that. I um I want to do this the right way because it's not taking shots, and I I don't I, I don't begrudge anyone their success. And I don't know Mike Francesa, and I don't know Chris Russo. I don't know Mike and the Mad Dog from from Adam. Actually, I know Mad Dog a little bit. I've met him. He's a super sweet guy. They were on a TV show that's kind of a big deal where people go in the morning and scream at each other in place of coffee, and it was a really big deal in New York City. And so I did a survey of the rest of America, and I think I have some insights into how most people consume their sports media in places like where I'm from. I lived in Arkansas and Iowa and Missouri and Oklahoma and places like that. So we're going to – I've got some insights on why maybe Mike and the Mad Dog on the screaming show – not quite the sensational affair, not quite the national moment of sports greatness that the fine folks of New York City, where my mom is from and that I love, uh, think that it is. Tom Haberstroh is going to be on the show one hour from now. Our buddy, NBA insider, guru guy. Uh, we have Buy or Sell coming up. How's Buy or Sell today? How's it? How's it? What are we efforting for Buy or Sell? Well, you mentioned Iowa, where you're from. We have an yeah, Iowa-related question in Buy or Sell today, and I think I think you'll know where it's headed. Oh, it's all happening. I love that. I love the Iowa. We're on in Des Moines. Let's go, man. That's my, that's my state. All right. Um, time right a little bit to, 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 to process the news yesterday, a little more than 24 hours ago, when Tom Brady sat on a beach, or maybe he you know just released him sitting on a beach, talking to the camera, reflecting on his retirement. And it was. like I went and watched it again after the show. We we respond to these things in real time. It was really it was an amazing it was a pretty impressive forty eight seconds or whatever it was. I mean the guy was funny, and humble, and emotional, and poignant, and, and I authentic is is the is the thing that wraps around that the most. 
and it's the exit of a guy that, that is the greatest of all time. And every time I talk about Tom Brady, I, I, I my brain says he won seven Super Bowls, and then I think that can't be right. I must be just getting the numbers crossed up. No, he won seven. He won seven Super Bowls in the modern era. It, it's an insa- It's insanity. But that kind of an absence and the desperation for quarterback play in the NFL means that there are going to be many dominoes when that one, when Brady announces he's retiring and that domino tilts over, there are a whole bunch that are going to follow. If Jimmy Garoppolo's impending availability is going to have multiple suitors, if Baker Mayfield can find a home with the defending Super Bowl champion as a potential long-term solution when they were worried, seems like this won't be the case, that Matt Stafford was going to go away, we go down the list, the difficult, the, the quarterbacks who get opportunities that shouldn't, it turns out, is a is a direct result of just how important and how difficult it is to find a moderately competent quarterback in the National Football League. There, there aren't many of them. It's why Aaron Rodgers can throw his weight around year after year after year after year with the Packers. And so Brady, whatever his age, obviously old, whatever for football, whatever his shortcomings, Whatever the concerns, whatever the deterioration, real or imagined, I think more real than imagined this past season, because of who he is, because he's Tom Brady, frankly because we've seen what he's done in his 40s, and we saw a a lessened Peyton Manning at a younger age still win a Super Bowl at the end of his career, that we know leadership matters, there was always going to be a market for Brady. And not just a market, probably, look, I don't think it was the, the clamoring level of come and play for us that Brady wanted and expected, and I think it's part of the reason he went away. But his exit still creates a lot of decision-making for other folks. And a lot of things are going to happen. Some of it for teams that, that maybe were looking at Brady as an option. And some of some of it for teams that weren't but have to answer questions about Tom Brady. So let's just go through some of the realities, some of the, the consequences today of Brady's decision yesterday to retire. And it starts with the 49ers. Now, it's clear, at least to me, that Brady wasn't going to play for the 49ers. Who knows what goes into his decision-making? Who knows his physical level of pain? This kind of decision is so personal, you're never going to get true insight into why Tom Brady would walk away when he did, given everything he sacrificed personally, professionally, physically, all of it, to play this long. But I think it's worth, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a fair speculation that had the San Francisco 49ers with that coach and that defense and that offense and the weapons on that offense, and the precipice on which they, the, 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 just the short gulf between themselves and Super Bowl glory, had they said to Tom Brady, we want you, it, it's hard for me to believe, at least yesterday, Brady's sitting on a, a beach retiring. So I don't think the Niners' domino fell in the sense of, oh, no, Brady's gone. But I, it was inevitable that when Kyle Shanahan met the media, the head coach there, that he was going to be asked about Tom Brady. And you can hear, as a consequence of Brady leaving and being asked about many things, and this will be about his his bad luck with quarterbacks, the bitterness and the snark and the frustration. I get it, but you don't usually hear this from NFL coaches that the 49ers head coach is still under the weight of. I'm sorry Josh got a concussion when he hit the ground. So that's the fourth one you're talking about. I'm sorry our quarterback got his elbow bent backwards on a normal drop-back pass. I'm sorry on a drop-back pass, someone rolled up on Jimmy's ankle. Um, and then we have a dual-threat quarterback who got hurt running the ball. So to throw all those four in that category, 
no, no quarterbacks got hurt when we had to hand it off the whole second half. So we can look into that. <laughs> I do feel bad for the guy. And Brady's absence is also going to create more of a market for the teams that are truly desperate for quarterbacks. And I, I can't imagine Brady wanted to, would have been enthused in pl- at playing, especially given the fact that he obviously was up for retiring, if the teams that wanted him were the teams that are desperate. Because the teams that are desperate are going to put him in a desperate situation. And he just did that. And it was miserable, clearly. He was not happy playing. And that means that teams that are desperate get to turn to someone else in their desperation. And in, in, in theory, presumably, it would make sense that that's Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy G, remember, you have Trey Lance drafted with a top pick a couple drafts ago who was injured for the Niners, but he's coming back. And then you had Jimmy G come, up, come in, he got hurt. And then you had Brock Purdy go 7-1 and one until his injury. I know he's technically 7-2 now, but still, played amazing, amazing, amazing football under a lot of pressure. So Jimmy G, if he's not, he's a free agent, if he's not going to be a Niner, might fit the needs for other teams with, with Brady gone. That might be a down of the falls. And some poor reporter, got to ask, asked a question that, that you're going to listen to from Shanahan's answer, but I'm just going to do a pre-interpretation. This is what it sounds like. I've been on the receiving end of this many times from sources and once a day from D-Cell. Which hurts my feelings. This is what it sounds like when Shanahan wants to say to the reporter, asking about, will Jimmy G be here? Are you stupid? But instead, Shanahan says this. I wish you guys could see Jimmy being back, and if so, what what would that look like? No, I don't see any scenario of that. Yeah, no, I gotcha. <laughs> I know who Jimmy is. I know you're stupid. Let's move on. So let's move on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with the absence of Tom Brady, do not have a quarterback. I believe Kyle... Is his name Trask? I mean, I know what his name is. a little joke there. Kyle Trask is the only person on the roster. You know, inhales sharply. I guess Jimmy Garoppolo could make sense there. Baker Mayfield's the kind of guy that would have made sense in a place like Tampa Bay. Just go, you know, just keep failing there. Um, That was me. The Raiders were a landing, potential landing spot for Tom Brady, the, the presumption went, because Josh McDaniel was has a history as the offensive coordinator with the Patriots with Tom Brady. But again, you, you, you look what the Raiders did, and they played better football toward the end, but they were still really unimpressive. And it's hard to believe, at least for most of us from the outside looking in, that that Raiders situation is going to turn around anytime soon. Maybe Jim Garoppolo makes sense there. And the other team that Brady was associated with and was linked to was was the Miami Dolphins. And that again, like the Niners, I think is a look, I think the I, I think the Dolphins with the right quarterback are a I think they're an AFC contender. They might be on the on the bottom of that list because there's a lot of AFC teams that are really good and there's a, several others, the Jags spring to mind, the, the the Chargers spring to mind. As teams that can push their way to that list, if things go well next year, we know things turn quickly and sharply in the National Football League. But the Dolphins have the roster and the team. They do, if they have the right quarterback, to be a significant factor. But the Dolphins wanted to go with Tua Tungavailoa. And whether that's because they wanted Tua above Brady, or they just weren't interested in Brady, the, the fact remains, that's another domino that probably had fallen before, but it's connected to this. And it coincides with the fact that Tua just came out of concussion protocol. Now, it may seem like it's a, it doesn't matter, the season's over, but A, it's a reminder that in the NFL now, you are going to protect quarterbacks at the expense of teams, which is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's just These are the consequences. 
And it gives the Dolphins and Tua a long time between now and camp to hope that he's right, to see that he's right, to give his body time to heal without the pressure of having to play. And hopefully it optimizes the likelihood and the odds that Tua Tungavailoa can stay healthy. Are there any dominoes that I'm forgetting? I guess another domino is that maybe Bill Belichick can breathe a sigh of relief, right? Nobody likes to see their ex. Can you imagine if you're dating some lady, some girl, right? Somebody. My wife gets mad. I mean, what do you want me to say? I don't call women chicks. I think that's obnoxious. But I can't say, like, some lady? Some hot lady? Oh, okay. What am I supposed to call him? I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know what to call him, Tom. But, like, it's hard enough to have a breakup. Can you imagine if you broke up with somebody and then she just became a supermodel overnight and was, you know, I don't know, on TV all the time or, or dating the high school quarterback? I don't know what the analogy is here. But the point is, it's kind of what happened to Bill Belichick. He broke up with Tom Brady. He's like, he's old, he's washed. I'm going to go I'm gonna go younger, literally. And then Brady just appeared at you know, the Super Bowl show. Oh, I'm a champion. I don't know what I'm saying. So maybe Bill Belichick can get his mind right. Maybe the, 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 the pain of that will allow him to make rational decisions like, I don't know, retain an offensive coordinator, for example. You got any other? I guess it creates more opportunity in theory for Aaron Rodgers to leverage the hell out of whatever he wants, but it feels like the Jets are the apple, which is such a dumb expression, the apple of his eye. What is that about? Because you want an apple and it's in your eye because it's reflecting? Is that what it is? Does it have something to do with giving your teacher an apple? Because, like, that used to be a thing. Uh, I don't know. I like apples, to be fair. If I was a teacher, I would take an apple. If I was a cop, I'd take a donut. If I was me, I'd, I'm not a cop or a teacher. I would take an apple or a donut right now. Anyway, any, um, we've digressed, pal. Any, uh, any dominoes I'm forgetting here? Those are all the major dominoes for sure. Those are the big ones. You I ever mean, play down? No, I've never played. I don't know the rules of dominoes. I don't remember. It. It's stupid. I don't think it's a very popular game anymore. My family loves it, though. Oh, sorry. Hey, I think it's dumb. It's okay. All right, let's. Uh, the best. There, there's a Frank Sinatra quote that I love. That I love. And it is the best revenge is massive success. Easier said than done. Although I guess easier than like being the you know Count of Monte Cristo in this thing and living in a jail cell for 30 years and then finding a treasure and swimming to it and then coming back as somebody else and just wreaking havoc on everybody's lives. Great book. Don't watch the movie. So I guess revenge in, in general is difficult. But the but Frank's right. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie face, uh, Sinatra. Uh, the best revenge is massive success. And the way that Nick Saban got it against A&M in the recruiting wars last year was to land not just the best recruiting class this time around, National Signing Day yesterday, but the third best in history. And we are going to let Saban have a little Sinatra moment next here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. If there were a sports morning sports newsletter power rankings, a year ago, Kendall Baker at Axios Sports would have been would have been top of the list. And I'm not taking shots at Kendall. It's a good, it's a really good newsletter. And I'm not going to give you the one I'm about to give you just because it's CBS. Zach Pirelles, who does CBS's newsletter now, CBS Sports HQ AM edition, I'm telling you, Tom, it's the best in the business. I'm going to cite a bunch of it, actually, in this topic here. I just want to give him a little shout-out. Not just because he put in there today my column. Good job, Zach. I did see that this morning. I did too. I read the newsletter. I read your I, column. It's a good newsletter, isn't it? Yeah, we love to give people their proper due and proper credit on this show. Context give f- matters. Give them their flowers, man. Um, college football recruiting is a pretty brutal business, and it's become much more difficult with the transfer portal and the ability to, in effect, pay guys using NIL and all the shenanigans that are legal that you can you can utilize in that respect, all the levers you can pull with boosters and other things, depending on the market that you're in. And last year, Jimbo Fisher, he of the number one recruiting class last National Signing Day, and then the remarkably underwhelming performance based largely on his coaching ability uh, that followed. It's true, Tom. That created a bit of a bit of a frustration with him and Saban. Saban came out and did his whole, they bought their players. And here's a quip or two, whatever Diesel wants to, here's the, um, the Jimbo response a year ago. That's amazing. Do you have a nar- it, was he a narcissist too? It never I mean, gets old. That's amazing. Well, he does sort of look like the god of football today, even if it's narcissistic for him to say so. If if he were to do so, Nick Saban and Alabama uh, officially not just the top recruiting class this season, but the third highest ever behind last year's A and M class and an Alabama class from a few years ago. Bama's National Signing Day yesterday includes, it's a record, nine five-star players, and of their 28-player class, 27 of those players are five- or four-star recruits. The only one who's not a four-star recruiter better is a guy named Connor Talty. We all love Connor Talty. What a player who's the second-ranked kicker in the country. If you're the second-ranked kicker, why can't you get four stars? Like, even the people that do the recruiting news hate kickers so much. Like, oh, man, you're even though you might play in the NFL, you suck at football because you're a kicker. Is that – am I hearing that right, Tom? Kickers are players too, man. We need to show them some love. What's the longest field goal you've ever kicked? Uh, maybe seven yards. I got a 21-yarder once. Really? And I thought I was a field goal kicker, and then I missed 11 in a row. And by a miss 11, I mean they came up short, we moved closer. Yeah. Blind luck. Bogus, how many, what's the longest field goal you ever made? Uh, 42 yards. 
Here's the best thing I ever did involving a. All right, can you just? We don't have like a braggadocio drop, right? We don't have like a. Or it's a true story. A nonsense drop because I think cumulatively I've hit 42 yards of field goals in my life. Here, I hope my wife's not listening. Love my wife. This other person didn't love her, but she was very, very pretty. And she was a nursing student. She was my neighbor, and she was dating Mizzou's kicker. And then she was dating me. That's that's wow. the that's the best I've ever done. That's the that's the best move I ever got. Man, maybe, that's it. That's that's what I got. Maybe kickers aren't players. Did you directly take her away? I or? mean, so it depends who you ask in this scenario. I'm asking you. Does the transitive property work? Who here? cares? I, I mean, it does. Who, it does, but not in the way you're thinking. I think so. he felt like he was in. He he had gotten out of the friend zone. He was there, and she, I think, felt like maybe that was still the courting zone. But either way, I remember seeing him together because she was my neighbor and being like, oh, this guy's a schmo. I'm in. And then I found out later he was the kicker from Missouri. He'd come out with some football players being all, hey, what's up? Like, hey, man. Hey, man, I'm Bill. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. Good old Gretchen. Good old Gretchen. Can't remember her last name. I can remember the last name of several girls I dated. Is that weird? Can't remember the last A little name. bit. See, I don't well, have that problem because the list is so short. Like, you just your wife. I know early. both of their last names, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is now the same name as me. <laughs> You're pretty, pretty mommy. <laughs> oh no! I've had two girlfriends: my mom and now my wife, and both of their last names are DeCelestino. <laughs> oh, see, no. it's not oh. that hard. Oh. Oh man, I, I, why can't kickers get any credit? I, right, like this. I didn't. I didn't mean to talk about this. Connor Talty is the one guy that's not a four star recruit, but he's the second ranked kicker in the country. You can't get four stars for that. And you would think Alabama would be getting a five star kicker. Like, like it seems I, like it's necessary. Well, my question would be: Is there ever a five star kicker? There's gotta Apparently be not. Apparently, there's not. If you're the number two kicker in your class coming out of high school. How are you not a five star? Maybe this we've gotten to the bottom of why college kickers are so unreliable. There's only one, maybe, or there's none. Well, that's a whole other thing. We we have a shortage of kickers and punters. That seems very, very clear. Yeah, but not for Alabama. This guy's number two in America. Right, and the list might be seven names long. Do you know that's fair? Do you know how um do you guys have the same thing in your community where, where parents are insanely stupid about their kids? I just lost in tennis to a you know a two-year-old or whatever it was. Like People just like drilling their children constantly to get scholarships and bring glory. Not my thing. Not my thing. I'd rather my kids just date those kids' girlfriends, apparently. like That's, that's how we're raising them. Um, why not raise your kid to be a kicker, though? Like If the kid's got a little bit of a, a leg, if he's, isn't that the easiest... They used to say being a catcher was the quickest way to the majors. But if you expand it to all sports, wouldn't it be being a field goal kicker? Is that – I'm not saying it's not that hard. But if you train and train and train, start when you're young, doesn't that feel like a muscle memory thing you could get down? It seems like the fastest way to the NFL for sure. And a scholarship. Absolutely. Free education. Bogus, are you interested? Or really maybe decent. Let me – actually, I think, Andrew, our kids are too old. Do you want to work on a, an experiment – 18 years in the making, Tom, that could also benefit your family's ability to send your kids to college. Yeah, you know kid, what? I'm make in Will be- a kicker. I'm a little concerned about my ability to uh, to send my kid to college. Um, 
I think I'm going to be – I'm not in that community yet to see, like, how hardcore parents are, are, like, really want the glory for their kids. I already think I'm going to be that dad. I think that is going to be me. Um, yeah, sure. I'll sign up for this experiment. All right, I have an obnoxious question about kickers, and I know that it's going to be insulting. So let me tell a story first to just tell you, kickers, it's not just you. I once – when I worked at Fox Sports 1, I was such an idiot. Hung out in the green room all the time, and – it was basically a, a, a revolving door of Andy Roddick, Donovan McNabb, Gary Payton. Who else was there? Randy Moss. Like Hall of Fame level players again and again and again and again. Gabe Kapler, who's not a Hall of Famer, but a great guy and now is the Giants manager. And we're all sitting around talking about something. And Andy brought up how he was good at basketball, Andy Roddick. And I was like, I bet I could play in one-on-one. And the room just went quiet. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm pretty good at basketball. And he's like... Dude, you couldn't beat me in basketball. And I go, can you dunk? And he's like, of course I can dunk. I go, oh, never mind. I go, and I was shocked. I'm like, you can dunk a basketball? He's like, dude, I'm an athlete. I'm like, yeah, you play tennis. <laughs> I did not. I didn't mean. I just. I play tennis. Maybe that's why I don't think they're athletes. Um, my point is, I don't mean to be super insulting. If I am, does it take a really good athlete to be a kicker, or is that more of a such a niche thing that you could be less athletic but really good at that particular skill set. I'm going to say it takes an athlete to be a great kicker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, the timing, the leg strength, the coordination, that's definitely not, an athlete. I'm just saying, you're not running. I mean, that's usually the distinction between athlete and, and you know, sporting game, right? Tennis, sport, pickable game. Um... I don't know. I'm a field hockey, sport, bowling, game, right? What are some other examples? Table tennis is a tough one. I do a lot of sweat when I play table tennis. In the mix, poker, game. I love. I love poker. Of course. Kicker, athlete. I mean, you're not. You literally don't run. You kind of mosey up to the ball. But I assume you do a- they can run when the need arises. Haven't you seen those moments, the few moments where they have to try to, like, tackle the last guy? It can be hard to watch. Well, then wouldn't a major league pitcher fall into that category? Mm. Well, in the National League, they used to not because they would have to run around the bases. Not anymore, and I know you love the universal DH. It's a good point, though. I guess there's definitely an exception for throwing a baseball. You're also, how many times in a game does a kicker actually put his foot on leather? In in a game, like, in the actual game? Three? Six, and I guess a pitcher comes in and throws, you know, seven. <laughs> what? <laughs> it gets the pitch count of seven. Still, I thought a, still we a... weren't going to be mean to the kickers. You prefaced <laughs> that by saying this is not meant to be mean. I just, I'm not, I know they're better athletes than the three of us, but are they, I guess what I'm saying is, can you take, I'm wondering if you can take Will DeCelestino, not that he's not a great athlete, but let you know, maybe he's not, and make him a kicker. If that's like, if every day you just drill your almost two-year-old son, like, this is your life's mission. Like, the crazy parents out here do with football and tennis and hockey and sand volleyball and every other thing. I could save us 18 years right now. You can. Will DeCelestino will not be a college or NFL kicker. No matter how long we train, how hard we train, it's have not going to happen. Have him, like, like lift weights starting where, like, he's basically, like, got, it's like his legs are two different sizes. He's like a pirate when he walks. One of them's the the boot. One yeah. leg is bigger than the other. Is he right? Is he right-handed? Like the right leg is just like the power leg. I can already tell you by learning how to walk, and now that he's starting to run right now, like coordination is not going to be his jam. It's not. It's not happening. <laughs> it's not You're happening. signing off on your kid at two. Yep. Okay. Not even you two gave, yet. You gave up. I think it's healthy. <laughs> Poor Will. 
So we think we think I'm making the same unfair knee-jerk assessment of kickers that I made of Andy Roddick's athletic ability. He was really offended. Rightfully so, by the way. Not that I'm, I wasn't playing tennis then. I'd given, now that I'm back to it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really hard. Okay. Did you ever check? Can he actually dunk? He says that he could dunk. I mean, I don't know. I don't know I how mean, tall is Roddick. Well, yeah, he's well over six foot, right? Not well over six feet. I bet he's six two. I know we're going to, Diesel's going to hit the Google machine. I'm going to guess six two. Yeah, I'd go in that range. He's not six four. Wikipedia would never lie, and it says that he's six two. Yeah. He says he could dunk. He was an incredibly, obviously, powerful, athletic, physical server and player, right? So very athletic, even by the standards of that sport. I mean, I'm a, I, Andy's a lot of things. I don't think he's a liar. Yeah, I bet he, I bet he, I bet he could dunk. Every now and then I have a dream that I, that I can dunk, and I wake up, and for a brief moment, you know, like it's, I'm not thinking about it, but I'm like in my subconscious, I'm a dunker. This is true, and then it hits me as I'm like getting my coffee or getting out of bed or getting a shower that I can't dunk, and it makes me sad for like three hours. Is that what people who can dunk a basketball call themselves? A dunker? <laughs> a dunker? <laughs> no, they call themselves a real man. <laughs> That's what they call themselves. I, I don't think I ever even got a rim in my entire life, and I tried a lot in high school. Like I can just a little higher. I feel like Charlie Brown could pulling you touch the ball the, out on myself. Could you tap the backboard? Like after a layup? I couldn't do, even do that. Could I tap? I don't think so. I could get the net. Yeah, I can get the net. Then I was like, oh, what if I get my finger caught in there? It comes out. I probably just stopped doing this. <laughs> that, was, that was my worry. All right. That was a good talk, guys. <laughs> good job. Point is, good job, Alabama. Also, say, Saban no. <laughs> I mean, God, he's not, but unlike Jimbo, he can also coach the people that he recruits. But it, uh, unlike Jimbo, who hired Bobby Petrino as his OC, Nick Saban still doesn't have one. But he'll 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 figure it out. I think it's he's Cliff Kingsbury. It makes sense because the first reaction is that's a terrible fit, but that's been every hire other than maybe Bill O'Brien that um, that Saban has made the last few. I mean, Sark was really, really impressive, and Kiffin, which I didn't think would work, was really, really impressive, and obviously it led to huge jobs for for each of those each of those guys. Have you seen that, or is that just speculation? Cliff Kingsbury is a great call. Uh, speculation. Yeah, I, I love that. Do we want to see Nick Saban coach until he's 90? And, and I don't want to conflate him too much with Joe Paterno because I do not have nice things to say about Joe Paterno based on how the Sandusky thing that I covered. But in the sense that Paterno was 109 years old at times out there when he was coaching, do we think Saban could do that and still be six? Do you think he could be out there at 91 and still be Nick Saban? I think he thinks he can, which is probably the problem. That always is the problem, isn't it? He's got to be 70 now, right? Yes, has to be. But but what would be the problem that he couldn't do it until he was 90 or 90 plus? Well, if you lose some of your, your mental acuity or some of your energy in a job that requires both, I think that's the, you know, the old ball coach, I, th- I think, is a, is a really nostalgic, romantic idea that in practice is, is a mistake. Like me playing Andy Roddick one-on-one in basketball. Like it seems like a good idea. But it's just a recipe for embarrassment, I think. Maybe. Maybe not in Saban's case. All right. Good talk, guys.
Especially you, Diesel. You like brought it today. I feel better about it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, Mike and the Mad Dog were on the screaming show on out of Bristol yesterday, and it was a really big deal in, in New York. And so I sent out because, full disclosure, I'm a sports media guy. I've listened to it my whole life. Lifelong Jim Rome fan. I didn't know who those guys were when I when I moved to L.A. and was only vaguely aware of who they were when I moved to New York. And so I was just curious with all the sort of in my orbit, whether those of you listening in Dubuque and Arkansas and Oregon and Florida and Alabama care. And so I, I sent out a survey to everyone on my phone who's not from New York City with the same question. What do you think of Mike and the Mad Dog? This is not a shot at those guys. Super talented. I just For me, it's a statement on how New York sometimes doesn't understand the rest of the country from a sports perspective. And I think the answers are pretty shocking, and we're going we're gonna to go into that. And I think what it means for you, where you're listening, after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for being here. All right, let me start by saying, Tom, that I got no issue with Mike or the Mad Dog. Mike and the Mad Dog, longtime WFAN. That's the big, dominant sports talk radio station in New York. It helped define and create sports talk radio as we know it. Uh, Mike Francesa and WFAN is the sister station of, and really like the big beast in the family of CBS Sports Radio. It's owned by the same company. They're in the same building. What are you? You're sitting literally in the same. You are what? A couple walls down from wherever they're doing their shows right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm about 10 to 15 feet from their studios. Big fan. Spike Eskin, who's our boss, is, also runs WFAN. And I know not everyone loves Mike Francesa. I, I can't speak to that. I can only speak to how I've interacted with people. And the two years I lived in New York, when Francesa was in that building, it's not like we were best friends, D-Cell. We didn't go and play golf together. But he was, a, he was a super nice guy to me, right? And Chris Russo, who is the Mad Dog, same deal. Like, I've, I've bumped into him a couple times at events. Super sweet, super nice guy. But I'm not sh- I think sometimes, often, I'm a, I'm a kid from Iowa, went to school in Missouri, lived all over the country, lived in Arkansas. I love New York. I would live in New York in a heartbeat. I think it's magical. My mom is from there. 
I feel like I'm one-fourth New Yorker. I love the area. It's not a shot at New York City. I'm not one of these anti-New York guys. But I do think that there is a recurring arrogance from people in New York City, including people that fill in on this show sometimes, Tom, and well-meaning people who think that everything that happens in New York is relevant and meaningful to people everywhere else. Breaking news, people don't care about the Jets every day in Dubuque, Iowa. Breaking news, people don't want to hear about the Jets quarterback controversy every day in Little Rock, Arkansas. And so when Mike and the Mad Dog had their reunion on first take over where they scream at each other, would you agree, Tom, it was a very big deal where you are in New York City and in media circles that you and I both follow? Yes, people were definitely talking about it. People were definitely excited to see what the reunion would look like. So my thing was, like, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm wrong. And wherever you are, like, let me know. Is this a huge deal? Sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. Am I getting this wrong? I just, it's not a shot at these two guys. They're amazing. They are Hall of Famers. They're geniuses. But I, I don't think most people in New York or other parts of the country care about Mason and Ireland or know who they are, Tom, that aren't in the business. And that's the duo that has been dominant and excellent and sort of defined radio, sports talk radio in L.A. for 20 years, right? Like, would you, th- I bet the average New Yorker has no idea who they are, right? Mason and Ireland. Absolutely. I would absolutely agree with that. And I'm well aware that if you pull New Yorkers, no one's going to know who I am. Like, there might be one out of six million people you talk to, like, oh, yeah, that guy. I like his radio show. But I just, the, the, the idea and the notion that's out there, that this is some sort of national story is farcical to me. So here are the responses, Tom. I, sent a, I spent a bunch of notes. Here are the first five I got back, right? I wrote the same note to everybody. What do you think of Mike and the Mad Dog? Same response, cut and paste. You ready? Hit me. From Kansas City, I got who? From Iowa, I got question mark. From the Bay Area, I got I really don't know him, them, it, the show. Should I? From Milwaukee, I got never heard of them. From Minnesota, I got something on Mad Dog, and then I got a follow-up. Don't know who Mike is either. And from somebody else out here in L.A., I got haven't thought of that thing in a long time. Here's my point. I just... I love this job, and I think it's, I think it's, I mean, responsibility is the wrong word, but I think it's an honor. I think it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, when you're doing radio, to come into somebody's house, right, to come into the world a little bit, to hang out with them, and it annoys me to no end when radio hosts and media people make their world the show and not what people want to hear, and I'm sure I'm guilty of it, too, because nobody gives a you-know-what about tennis other than me, I guess. I get it, and I'm, again, not taking shots at Mike and the Mad Dog, I just... I am highly skeptical that those two guys being on any show, including that show, is particularly significant outside of New York City or maybe the Northeast Quarter. And I think, I don't really care what they do in Bristol with their programming, but I think it would be a lot more interesting to most people around the country, especially it turns out on the day that Tom Brady's retiring, it's just a coincidence, to have people who can speak to national topics. And that's another thing, like when you're a local media person your skill set is to talk locally and when i when i did radio for a company out of la and and people would fill in for me or just be on the air and only talk lakers and dodgers to national audiences i thought it was stupid i thought it was stupid and 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 tom if we're being honest not in this incarnation but there have been times in the past i think at cbs sports radio not now where people have talked a lot of New York sports, and we're not on in New York City. We're on in Dubuque, and we're on in Portland, Oregon, and we're on in Texas, and we're on in Arkansas, and we're on in Mississippi, and we're on in Pennsylvania, and we're on in you know Upper New York. I just, 
maybe I'm ranting about nothing here, but the Mike and the Mad Dog thing to me, what a big deal people thought it was who should know better encapsulates how often poorly served a lot of the country is by the sports media that, that emanates mostly from New York but a little bit from L.A. I mean, let's be real. That Northeast bias, that New York bias, it's absolutely a real thing. And the four-letter network, actually, to that show that you were talking about, First Take, it is out of New York City now. They moved it from Bristol to New York. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it is a very real bias. I would love to sit here and tell you that it's not true. It, it is. It's tr- it, absolutely true. It's a real thing. And I'm with you. I don't think most of the country gives a you-know-what about it. I mean, look, I'm not picking on the guys. Again, you do a survey on me all over America, same response. But, I mean, that's like six consecutive people who had no idea who, or or very little idea who I was talking about. Do you think that is a fairly, because Mike was on FS1 for a long time on a national show, right? And Chris is probably different because he's on SiriusXM and that show is national. But when it's branded Mike and the Mad Dog, I just, to me, it just speaks to my frustration that sometimes, and I'm not, I'm from Iowa, but I love New York, I love, I, dude, I've never lived anywhere in this country I didn't love. I mean, like, it's a pretty amazing, big, beautiful, diverse, interesting place. I just, you don't, There, there's a whole country out there that's interested in a whole bunch of stuff that isn't, I wonder if the Mets are going to get a new catcher. Alright, that's my rant. My rant's over. And not shots to those guys. Those guys, I can't hold a candle to them, career, talent-wise, but I just... It's more about how we how we service you, the listener. Thanks for listening. All right, getting back to some other stuff. Tom Haberstroh, our guy, talks hoops with us next here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 